I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. to another edition of the Lost Word Betting Podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. And Bradley Todd. Brad, hello. Hello, Tom. I need. To, I really am going to pre-record that and I'm going to pre-record your responses as well so that we don't actually <laughs> waste the 20 seconds that takes. Um, big news is that, the, you know, I've sort of mentioned this at the start of the year, but it's now officially, uh, the podcast is now on Golf News uh, Network, on the radio station, on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn, so you can even ask Alexa to, to play us on your uh, on your um, electronic devices, unless you're one of those people that worries about Russia, Russia listening in or whatever it is that you do. Um, but yeah, we are there. So that's an exciting uh, venture for the podcast, uh, and always appreciate the support and giving us all the ground and things like that. Gents, Sony Open. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you know we don't have to recap the European event, which is great. Um, it's only open, Brad. You're obviously still picking your wounds. Uh, I suppose you hadn't already got over Morikawa, and now you've got to go over um, yeah, Hayden Buckley. Right. He, it didn't feel like he did anything wrong. So, no, not so, at all. Someone messaged me, and they were like, um, "Is is Hayden Buckley going to win this?" And I, because they were like, oh, "I've put, I was going to put a bet on him, but didn't." And I was like, "Siwoo Kim's going to win." This was like hole five. I was like, see who Kim's going to win because Hayden Buckley's going to realise on the 12th hole that he's leading as Orland. Um, yeah. And he didn't really. He, he made, I think he made a mistake on like 10 or 11 and then mm-hmm. bounced right back. And see who came out to chip in, didn't he? To, to kind well, he of did, yeah, take the 17. time. Yeah, no, it, wasn't, it wasn't meant to be for him. But yeah, I'm not as annoyed about this one as I am Morikawa. But yeah, obviously it sucks, well, it but like it's still sucks. Well, at least Morikawa was a complete... It was, that was a complete meltdown, right? Oh, well, complete that, that's wrong. Yeah, complete um, situation. Whereas Buckley but, in the hunt for his yeah. best win, I thought performed pretty admirably. It was a big price. Like, it's a bonus if he wins. Oh, definitely. Um, I just could oh. not get anywhere near anything last week. Um Jace, did, how did you feel like the, the week went last week? I mean, I didn't really see much of it. It's on quite late, isn't it, over here? But, I mean, Con- like, uh, yeah, Connors was, yeah. yeah, Connors was ploddy. Um, I thought Catesley was crap yeah. much over the weekend. Um, you know, the newcomers that, that I've got there to follow played okay. Um, the other Kim, the, the one of 97,000, if you, if you <laughs> type Kim in the search bar and saw tips, do it's, be careful. It's no good um, yeah. Um, so he, he played okay. He played okay. I'm keeping my eye out for him on, on sort of similar. I don't think he's playing this week. Um, I think he's pulled out, but that might well be a Kim thing on Odd Checker. And uh, yeah, it was all right. I mean, I just read today and, and should have realised that um, uh, Siwoo Kim's won four times. They've all been on Bermuda. So, you know, if you use the Tour Tips uh, new um, course guide uh, detail page thingy, then uh, you might have you might have seen that, and if you didn't, then you didn't. Yeah. I personally watched the snooker final and then went to bed, but you know that was that was me. Yeah, but then I didn't have Hayden Buckley five shots in front, in which case no. I would have stayed yeah. up. Yeah, you know, so bad, you know, bad, Course setup page, yes, on uh, on tour tips is the newest feature. They've also added today. I don't know if you gents have seen the LPGA strokes gain data. Detailing mm. back to 2021. That, yeah. So week, yeah. that is uh, that's huge, a huge new addition from Tour Tips. Uh, that is, you can find that on the home page at the moment. Uh, the course setup section has now been moved to the left-hand side on under 
men database. Um, so yeah, there, there's plenty to look at on tour tips. SH Kim is still playing, uh, Chase. So if, yeah, I think if, this is, yeah, I think this is this sort of thing. But um, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll see. Let's go. I mean, I don't really have anything more to say on the Sony Open. I mean, when people like Ben Taylor, Aaron Baddeley, and Nate Lashley are there in the top ten, and I wasn't mm-hmm. on it, it just is what it is. Like you can you can absolutely see see with Kim winning any event at fifty to one. I think well, he's always uh, funny. You say that. I think it's I think it is a significance because I think everyone's going on about the half play in the um, tournament of champions a week before. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. and top ten was full of nonsense. And it had Nate Lashley in who we completely smashed that trend to pieces, didn't it? That it did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't. I wonder why that was. I guess it was a weaker renewal this year than the normal Sony Open. Um, whereas the Amex is completely opposite. It's the strongest one uh, on paper. So, anyway, let's go into the Abu Dhabi Championship first. It's been a long time since we talked about DP World Tour Golf. It, you know, it is back. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood are joint twelve to one favourites. From Shane Lowry at fourteen to one, Alex Noren at twenties, Thomas Peters at twenty fives. Best price. I'll take a pause there. Um, I thought I was going to be back in Aris Norren. Then I had the kind of flashbacks of the putting at the Dunhill Links. Then I kind of looked at what he's done, and he's playing well without really contending other than that Dunhill Links where he couldn't putt. So I've left him out. Um, Jace, I come to you first. Was there any sort of considerations at the top? I know you sort of said to us in the sort of group chat earlier that you wanted one of them to kind of be a bit of a different price from the others. Yeah, I, I, it would have been nice if one of them had been a... A sort of outlier, but it was never really, really going to happen, was it? Um, look, don't be telling about what they can do. They're fairly obvious. Any of them wins by five, we're not going to be surprised. Mm. But if you put them three in with Alex Norren, you are looking at around about 85 to 40 for those four to win. Norren hasn't won since 2018. You know you can get Fleetwood beat. Patton's Patton and, and went a bit, I think, you go ballistic at the last part five last year or so. It said it was like the worst hole ever or something silly. Yeah. Um, <coughs> she's good she's got Hatton going mental here and then you had John Rahm going mental at the uh, <laughs> at the, at the uh, Amex, Amex didn't you? Yeah. so um, you know and Lowry just sometimes doesn't quite go through with it but you know we all know if you know, one of them could win by as many as they want and that's fine but at 85 to 40 I'm quite happy to uh, look elsewhere and, and progressive progressive players and maybe an old Dutchman that might be coming back as well yeah absolutely so let's talk about the player that I won't use the words that you use, Jason, to describe it this morning, but how invested you are in Robert McIntyre this week? I'm not. I'm not heavily in. I just I, I'm heavily invested in what he does in the future. You know that. Hmm. Um, I made secret that I think he'll win the Open <laughs> at some point, and I still maintain he'll win the Open at some point. And I've probably got. 20 years maybe to get that right whether we're still going then I don't know um, <laughs> I don't know if I can still be, I don't know if I can still be saying McIntyre's going to win the Open in 20 years but I'll probably have the no, podcast no, no. or how are you yeah. Yeah, anyway <laughs> it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a close fight between this podcast and the Viennetta as to which one lasts longer right yeah I mean McIntyre to me doesn't doesn't really need a lot of um, intro um, when I looked into him more I mean we, we know he likes links we know that instantly what i liked more about him is when i looked into his victories um uh, at the marco simone club which obviously didn't this year's Ryder cup venue yeah. um shoots a, a best of the day 64 final round fair enough you know that's what he's going to do from off the paces he's incredibly capable um reached the playoff against matt fitzpatrick who looked like he couldn't really be bothered to be honest i thought um on, on that playoff it didn't really matter 
Um, he had beat that him at the first sw- hole. Didn't he have a phone go off in his swing though? Stomach like that. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, Stomach wasn't great on on the. But it doesn't matter. He still hit sixty four to get there. Yeah. Um, and when you got Fitch there, you do expect him to win. Uh, but behind him is Victor Perez, right, uh, Rory, Tyrrell Hatton, Jorge Campillo. All love this golf. All love this uh, uh, venue. Um, uh, previous winner of the uh, Italian Open at Marcus Savoni was Nikolai Hogard, who we may well talk about very soon. Um, he himself beat Tommy Fleetwood and Adrian Moronk, who we may talk about very soon. Hmm. So, so the, the Marcus Savoni Club um, d- just had some some relevance, I think, to this week's test. Um, He's followed that with top 10 in France, top 20 out for Daniel Links, which we all know is going to, is going to count. Uh, he's got top 10 at Valderrama, um, finishes top 20 in Portugal. Um, and he, he says he's extremely happy. Um, we know that he's had not mental problems, uh, mental health problems. It's more like when he's down in his game, he does play really badly. Um, he knows that. He told the Telegraph that he's uh, he's very happy at the moment. He knows he plays his best game. Um, I, I'm struggling to... Um, to, to see why you wouldn't back him, um, other than that sort of, maybe, maybe he tr- tries too hard. If you like, I think sometimes he's in contention and he tries too hard. Yeah, maybe. But he knows what he's got to do. He's not that far off the top fifty. Yeah, he's not. He's not mm-hmm. that far off top fifty now. He wants to play the Ryder Cup big time. Came off um, yesterday's uh, Seve Trophy um, and uh, said that he absolutely loves the team element. Uh, wants to be there. This is a massive chance for him, I think. Uh, to prove it, and uh, he should be absolutely ready to go. There we are. That's it. Oh, oh just to say, he also smashed Norrin, didn't he? Yeah, stay in the singles, I believe. Yeah. Um, not that that matters, but it, I'd rather be going into a tournament in the same country with a victory than than you know a, a thrashing. I think it was. I think the Hero Cup. I sort of spoke about this earlier, Brad. I think it was enough yeah. to put me off people, but didn't strengthen the case for anyone. But like I didn't pick anyone based on what they've done at the, at the hero. Mm-hmm. But like for example, I was looking at Sepp Stracker this morning, and then looked at the fact that he didn't play very well in the hero, and it is in a similar location, and you know it could be a bit of a linksy test, or will be a linksy test, and maybe the Stracker doesn't suit that, and all of a sudden you're off Stracker. But yeah. just to sort of follow on from McIntyre, third, fourth, eighth, and ninth in his location form in the Middle East, uh, the third coming at the Dubai Desert Classic, fourth coming at DP World Tour Championship, uh, another. Eighth at the Dubai Desert Classic and ninth at the Razal Khaima event last year. He just plays this part of the world well. Um, missed the cut here last year. We actually opened with a 69 and shot an 80 to miss it. So, um, you know, tough, tough miss, I guess. Is it a big year, Jace, for McIntyre in a sense that like, if he doesn't make that Ryder Cup team, he will get two down himself, can put himself back for a year, sort of thing? Yeah, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it's huge. I think, I mean, the, the 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 fact that he's openly said that team games are his thing. Um, he's not. I mean, it's going to be hard to get. What what you know? He's he's very in and out. We know that. Yeah. But you know, I, it's funny. I looked through various various um, players earlier about how their seasons have gone and where they are in the world. It's really weird. I mean, we've got one on the other side that's um, just inside the top fifty. <clears throat> and you just look at it and you think, it, judging it, we know. You know, John Rahm covered that when he um, when he won the DP World. Um, so it's weird the way the rankings work. But yeah, I, I think McIntyre's very entitled to uh, to get involved. And, and this is a great run for him. The next few weeks are 
are really in his favour and, and he really should be putting in a couple of top tens at the very worst, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 you know, we had a chat earlier on on the on the um, on the Twitter chat thing, and I agree. I think it's hard to split him on the wrong. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I nailed my master to to Bob. I'll, I'll split split the two for the minute between Macron and Moronk. I'll let you come on to Moronk in a bit, Brad. Uh, Minwoo mm-hmm. Lee was a was a late selection for me, and it's weird for my shortest price selection to be my last one in, but that was the case this week because. I was, as I said, a little bit keen on Nora, and I was keen on um, Sepp Stracker, and I thought I was just going to go with a couple of longer shots. But no, look at it. Minwoo Lee, unbelievable end to 2022. Last six events, didn't finish any worse than 12th. The 12th was at the DP World Tour Championship. He was ninth at the Ned Bank. Two top fours in Australia to close out, which you'd expect. Like It's not it's not massive results, but uh, pretty good nonetheless. He was second going into the final round of the Open de Espana. He was the 36-hole leader at Valderrama. He finished third at both of those. His two wins have come to Victoria Open and Scottish Open, which suggests he likes the links and the and the wind of everything. 35th here last year wasn't great, but the final round 67 was the second best round of the day, bettered only by Adrian Alston and Henry Stenson 65. Just when you look at his schedule last year, he was going over to the PGA Tour for the first time. He was going to play kind of Pebble and Riviera and things like that. Just wonder if he was maybe a bit distracted last year, knew good things were coming his way, knew he had to go and travel over there. Um, you shouldn't be thinking that, and maybe he probably wasn't with a Rolex event, but trying to find excuses for him. I just think he's better placed, and I think he's one of those people that's got to kick on. Like Both McIntyre and Mimberley have got to take advantage of the fact this this DP World Tour is a little bit weaker, and it is easier to win now, um, I think, to to really vault. I mean, they're, they're not vaulting themselves up in the rankings, like Jason just sort of alluded to. The world rankings are sort of punishing the DP World Tour, but... I think it's really important they get these wins and, and Minwoo Lee, obviously not playing for a Ryder Cup spot, being Australian, but I think for me it's, it's a massive event for him. So Minwoo Lee, you can get 33 to 5 places, uh, 28 to 1 with 6 places. So I like Minwoo Lee. Mm-hmm. Brad, Adrian Moronk. Yep. Uh, so I think he's a great bet this week because he, he ended his year in the best possible way. He won his second DP World title. At the Australian Open, um, he's crept inside the top 50 in the world now. Um, I just can't see why he can't keep on improving on that. Uh, he's knocked off some rust at the Hero Cup, like we we're saying. I mean, it's only a bit of a hit and giggle, but still good. It's positive. Um, and his final game with Shinkwin was a cracker. It went all the way. Both were scoring really well. Um, and yeah, he finished. He's Marunk actually fired the winning putt to win the, for Continental Europe, so that's another plus. So he'd be buzzing about that. And uh, he withdrew in this event last year. He was 17th going into the final round. I've tried to look up why he withdrew. I think it must have been like injury or illness. Not there, is it? No, it's not there, is it? Yeah. <laughs> what? Sorry? I can't find it anywhere. I no, think, I can't I find think it. You, I was I trying to find it. There was, I remember this happening and there was like, we were trying to translate Polish journalists' tweets on Twitter. I seem to vaguely remember he it happening. He up the next week, didn't he, he? He was ill, I think. I think he, yeah. I think he got COVID. Uh, yeah, up until then, he was going like steadily along. Uh, so, feels like it's a good course for him. Like, he's, he's got an excellent record in this part of the world. Four top tens in Abu Dhabi alone, but he also has a third-place finish um, in Doha, in Qatar, which, you know, this is a good comp for this week. It's like, very wind-affected. Um, one in Ireland, also a good plus. And I like also that he finished third at another Carl Phillips design, uh, Bernardus, which they use for the Dutch Open. So, yeah, I just feel like there's a lot there. And the way he's playing 
at the moment. Um, I just think he's a, a good bet at the price. Fourth, sixth, seventh, and eighth in his last eight appearances in the Middle East is, you know, basically just summarising what you've mm-hmm. said. Um, yeah. One thing I'd say about the Hero Cup, I don't know because I'm not putting too much stock into it. I'm not, but for the people that if, if people are putting stock into the Hero, I'm Cup, putting a bit of stock into it, like a little yeah. bit. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm looking into the scorecards and stuff. Who's finished well? I mean, that that their, their final game, him and Shinkwin went all the way, and uh, I watched a little bit, and it was. Um, yeah, it was a really good contest, and they're playing really good golf. So I was like, yeah, I like what I'm seeing there. Um, and both of them weren't really doing playing that well up until then. Like I think Shinkwing had a couple of points um, playing the foursomes and better ball. But yeah, um, I, I'm putting a little. I, I could, I can't help but not look at the scorecards and see how well players are doing. Yeah, you know? I think. But I was thinking, sort of like more longer term, right? If if we're putting any stock in, people are putting stock into this Hero Cup, and people talking about it being like preview for. I mean, they very clearly picked teams based on potential Ryder Cuppers, right? That was the whole mm-hmm. point of it. Um, you know, Molinari is hoping to get a Ryder Cup spot, so he's a captain. Tommy Felipe is a captain of the other. My concern with it is that, so you obviously got Rahm, Rory and Hovland, the three Ryder Cup European certainties, aren't they? Mm-hmm. The other certainties you would say, or close to certainties, Fleetwood, Lowry, Hatton. Is it a bit concerning that they've lost this event. Could say, but I, I, I don't or, or is it a positive that the people on the other side that are potential Ryder Cuppers, i.e. Nikolai Hoygaard played very well, Victor Perez played very well, um, is it I is it positive they stepped up? I think it's just a great opportunity for, you know, the people on the fringes to sort of put their hat in the ring, you know, and show the like Luke Donald and the rest, like what what they're capable of doing, and you know, and I feel like some of them players did that, and so I, I think some people would, I think they all went in there with like trying to impress. At the same time, is it wasn't that serious, um, but I do think that at the same time they went in there trying to uh, to play well, obviously, and um, sort of have some positives about them after the of the event, for sure. Yeah. So I just, I just worry that you know we had a team full of these kind of experienced Ryder Cuppers and and lost. But I guess when you look at the bottom half of the GBNI team of Shinkwin, Wallace, Mansell, Ferguson, compared to the bottom half of Migliozzi, Moronk, Nikolai Hoygaard, and Dietrich, mm-hmm. I guess like it's it's a tough one, isn't it? I don't I don't I don't I don't quite know what I'm thinking about it. It just worries me a little bit that some of our better players didn't step up. Yeah, you know, we'll see. I, 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 as I say, I can't really say that and then say I'm not putting stock into it. So you kind of got to sit on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Victor Perez has shortened to forty to one. He was fifty to one when I wrote him up, but he is he is my next bet. Um, wasn't initially going to go with him because I feel like we've had a couple of forced full storms with Perez. But when I looked into the Carl Phillips stuff, he obviously had that win at Bernardus. Uh, the reference when Ronk played well there. Play well on Pass Palum, you know, he had that chance to win the Saudi International there. Um, so I, I think Victor Perez, again, he's got, I think he's a second or a third in Abu Dhabi. Uh, he shot a final round 63, not at this event, uh, not at this course, sorry, but uh, in the event itself, which is, is impressive in its own right. Then he played well here last year for, for the first couple of rounds. Brad, were you on him last year? I think I was, yeah. And he started really well. I shot at 66. And then I think he was battling with his game at that point. Like he wasn't really ready to be in contention again. 
um, and, and it played out that way and he finished 58th. But he was fourth after round one, tenth after round two, and I think it just got tough. Like when people mm. see the 74 in round two, they think, oh, it's gone wrong. But the scoring average that day was like 75. So he actually played pretty well. Um, so yeah, I think Victor Perez with that Carl Phillips links, he's obviously won the Dunhill links as well, and that's got King's Bar, which is Carl Phillips design. So lots to like about Victor Perez. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously got that Scottish link. He lives up there, doesn't he? So, yep. you know, there's there's plenty to like. It concerns me that he hasn't kicked on how we thought he would after that second win. Uh, whereas like the, the first time around, he kind of stuck around for a long time and was getting his PGA events and playing well in those. He's hasn't really kicked on, but it's been a bit of an interrupted season. It's not the same strength of field, etc. So I think he's still got time to prove himself and I'm willing to take the odds. Mm-hmm. Jace, any more in this kind of 40 to 60 range? Um... I don't think there is, mate, to be honest with you. Unless I'm talking nonsense. No, I don't think there is. I mean, there's interesting people there. I like Otegi, obviously. Yeah. I like to see how he plays. Um, <coughs> I couldn't have Westwood at that money, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. No, there isn't. No, not between them. I think my next one is potentially, I can't remember if Brad's got this in, though, and discussed it about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um, so my next one's about 60 to 1. Okay. Go with that. Uh, Nikolai Hogard. Yeah, um, we were sort of discussing again. We were discussing earlier whether whether to go with him or not, um, and and having looked into it, I do think you have to ride a bit of a bit of form. Um, obviously, he's over the moon having been unbeaten uh, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, the thing with Hogard is, I think we, we've all followed him for a while now, um, and he, he is in and out. When he goes through his bad spells, he is pretty shocking, um, and when he shows life, you know, he, he basically bullies a track give him a track that he can bully, he'll do it. Um, and that 10th in Australia, obviously behind Moronk, um, I think he was third, uh, uh, yeah, third off first round, sixth halfway, seventh, and then 10th. Um, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. It's the first bit he's shown really for quite a while, um, having thrown away a winning chance in Mallorca in October. <coughs> um, it should absolutely suit him down to the ground. He's got five efforts in the UAE. He's had three missed cuts. Um, the win at uh, Raz and the fourth at the DP Worlds, which was his, his really his first attempt in, if you like, very, very top-class company back yeah. in 21, after he'd won uh, the Italian, because yeah. that obviously links in with uh, Bob Mack as well, mm-hmm. both winning on Marco Simone. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, that's pretty much what I've got. Um, played played well at the Dunhill Lynx as well. Yeah, 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 yeah he's got a tie for the Lynx. I, I just wanted to see something from him as a consistent period. If you go back last year, he, he has these little periods, like he won at um, Italy, and then unlike uh, a lot of players, he didn't go missing. He went 20th and then 14th. He comes back, misses the cut twice, then goes second and fourth, Portugal and uh, the DP Worlds. Uh, comes back over the next, uh, uh, comes back after missing the cut here, but he was 17th after the first round. A bit like, um, who was you just discussing? I can't remember who we were discussing. Fits he was 17th. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, he was 17th after 69 in the first round. I don't remember day two, but it clearly was bloody awful. Yeah, it was awful. He yeah. shot 17. I think we were on last year, is he? Um, he shot 79 and missed the cut. Then he misses the cut the week after in Dubai. Comes back and wins in Raz. So I think you'd like, you'd like to see something with, with Nikolai Hogard. Um, I think Rasmus is probably much more consistent. Um, but like Hogard stepped in for his brother. So he would do, wouldn't he? Nikolai stepped in. <laughs> Nikolai stepped in for his brother over the weekend. Done brilliantly. Comes off the tenth in Australia. Likes links. 
this is a place he could absolutely open up. Um, I, yeah, I think I think again, a bit like Moronk, I think um, Nikolai, and you can get mm. twice the price. So I put both in to be honest, and uh, yeah, they're they're, they're, mm. they're part of Europe's future, aren't they? I think I think with Nikolai, uh, and we this is probably a bit of a tired point that I've made a few times now, but I don't think there's much between him and Rasmus talent level wise. Rasmus is obviously capable of stringing his his bad weeks. Uh, he's got a higher floor, I guess, than Nikolai yeah. has. But in terms of potential, Brad, like I think they're both as good as one another. Nikolai's, I think, actually had the best amateur career. Um, mm-hmm. A lot more volatile. I kind of compared him a little bit to Siwoo Kim in the sense that he always mm-hmm. seems to be this kind of 50, 60, 70 to 1 price where you know he can win. Um, Siwoo Kim yeah. has become a bit more consistent over the years. But like Jason said, a little bit one-dimensional in the sense that he needs someone that he can just bully and, and mm-hmm. you know drive and part. And that's a bit like Siwoo Kim, the opposite. He just needs a short track, uh, mainly Pete Dye stuff. Um, so yeah, I would say that would be a little comparison for anyone that's listening like normally does a PJ Tour rather uh, than think, the DP. I think Rasmus is much more of a, of a, of a quality Tita Green player. Yeah. Um, whereas I think, I think Nick, I mean, look, it's cruel because he had, what, 21 are they or something? Yeah. Are they yeah, yeah. 21, 22 maybe. So it's a bit cruel, but I, I, you do think that that you know, Nikolai's a bit Nikolai's more a bit ripper, of a, isn't he? Yeah, a bit of a ripper and hit. A bit like um, you know, one of the fellas you're going to put up as well. Who I'm a big fan of. Yeah. I think he's in that same <laughs> yeah. mould. The old more park player. I think he's in the same type of mould, really. And I think that's that's where you've got to look. Um, <clears> I don't <throat> think he's got the talent. Um, not the talent. That's wrong. I don't think he's got the mentality or quite the finesse to play. <laughs> um, at the rough all the time, if you like. That's in my head anyway. I might be talking. No, I, th- I think, but I think Rasmus is the better professional. I just think that in terms of like when they get on a hot streak, can they make some putts? Can they hit long fairways? Like Nikolai is just as good. It's just, it's just that Rasmus seems to be able to piece it together on any event he plays, whereas Nikolai has five or six events yeah. a year. But when he does, he, he tends to contend in two of them. So, um, yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, everything in my power to to avoid Scott Chamberson this week, and I've managed it, which is great. Um, he was the 54-hour leader here last year, uh, but I, I'm so tired of putting Scott Jameson up and, and getting what I deserve for it. So going to avoid that and go with Adri Arnaus instead. Um, brilliant in the Middle East. Last 13 starts Middle East, six top nine finishes. All of the last four have been ninth place, so if you want to just bet on him to finish ninth, if that's possible, then do that. Um, one of those was in the DP World Tour Championship. He was Tom, second. Tom, I still haven't collected on Hideki finishing 21st 15 times. <laughs> well, that was great, wasn't it? Oh, was it Russell, Russell Knox that went 33rd four, four weeks oh, in a row, yeah. didn't he? Um, but yes, yeah. <laughs> Razel Kaima Classic, he was second going into the final round and finished ninth. He's now got that maiden victory out of the way, which was clearly weighing on him. My concern a little bit with, with uh, Arnau, similar to bits of press, I guess, is the sense that we expected him to have that breakout after that win and it didn't really come. But I sort of spoke about this with, with Sky just now. That's more, I think, people expecting too much. Like People just assume that when someone wins one, there's always a famous saying, oh, he just needs one and then it, the floodgates will open. And For 95% of the players on tour, that's not going to be the case. Probably more than that, probably like 97%. Like, the floodgates open for Rory and people like that, but they don't open for Adrian House and and, and the likes. So um, the fact that he, the last time out was at DP World Tour and he was third at the halfway stage and ninth final round, um, I'm, I'm pretty confident he's playing well. So Adrian House, great Middle Eastern player, 70 to 1. 
Um, pretty sure he may have played okay on a Kyle Phillips as well before. Um, Bradgy might be able to correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he's shown some life somewhere. Yeah, well, Kings Barnes, he's, he's shot a really good round there. Yeah, the, King, Kings right. Barnes, and then he's obviously got the 20th here from last year where he shot yeah. that final around 65. So, um, all good on uh, Adrian Else. I think you both might be on this player, or at least certainly Brad. So, Brad, roll into uh, Cameron Shinkwin for Oh, have to roll in on Jason's main man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, Cameron Shinkwin, um, another player who participated in Hero Cup, looked pretty good. Um, and the main, as we said earlier, is just it's the main part of that. About looking at that is that they're all loosened up. They've got rid of a bit of rust. Um, but there's a lot that points me towards Shinkwin this week. First of all, um, he played it last year, and like Minwoo Lee, closed with a round of 67, which was second best round. Um, and yeah, he finished tied 25th. Um, he's got really great form on the links. Uh, the most significant being the second place finish at the Dundonald Links at the Scottish Open. Uh, back in 2017, which was another Carl Phillips design. Um, and despite winning twice, that, that was still his highest ranked finish, according to OWGR. Um, recently came second at the Dunhill Links back in October. Obviously, Kings Barnes, as we just mentioned, another Carl Phillips design. Um, another top 10 at that event back in 2019. 13th at the Nordia Masters, PJ National in Sweden. Another Phillips design. So it's just, there's so much there in that aspect. But the only issue I have is his form in this part of the world. Like he's yet to finish uh, better than tie 21st, uh, which did come at a weekend uh, Raz event at the start of the year, last year, sorry. So I didn't let that put me off as I do think out of all the courses, this is probably the one that suits him the best. Um, and he is in the form of his life at the moment. Like he hasn't missed a cut in nine starts. Um, he obviously had that win at the Kazoo Open um, and a second Dunhill Links inside them nine stars. So, yeah, he's playing really well. He's inside the top 100 and um, I just fancy he can go well again this week. I think the thing with, and I think this came from SGT to Green's account, he actually played that, that 18th hole really, really well uh, when everyone else was kind of moaning about it. And that yeah. seems like a Callum Shinkwin thing to do. Um, look, mm. like T to Green, the guys, final hole, guys a are scary final hole. Yeah, like he's a monster, T to Green, like off the tee, everything. He, he's brilliant. Um, I just don't know with him. Uh, I think I know Jason's very high on him and, and you know expects him to improve pretty greatly as a player as he goes along. But no, I just, don't, I, don't, I don't, I never know what to do with him. Like I think he's going to be great. Like, he had that run of form last year, didn't he, where he was excellent tee screen like couldn't mm. be beaten by anyone in that category and i just i don't know if he takes advantage of that uh, look, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of shigun I, I haven't actually got it. i've crossed him off the right. list this week to be honest just in favor of a another couple to be honest he's not not oh, not that i was particularly anti um i, I like shigun i think again he's a very much a confidence player um just want to see him do better on the greens. Uh, he's got the great team degree game. I just think he might—I don't know—he might start losing confidence. I don't know. You, you said he played well over the weekend. I didn't look too much into what happened over the mm. weekend. He was clearly yeah. playing well, as you report. Um, I'd love to—I've no problem watching Shinkwin win without him, without being on him. Mm. Um, and there aren't many players I can say that about. Um, <laughs> I just, I'll wait. I'll wait. Though. He's he's made nine uh he's made nine cuts in a row. He's up inside the top one hundred now. 
uh, I didn't even notice this. Um, I think he's at his highest ever rank, and yeah, I just I feel like he's he's. You know, I'm, I'm okay. right now. I guess yeah, absolutely. Probably... This is his. This is absolutely his conditions. I think it probably leads to everything you're kind of saying, though. Like he is playing well, and his and T screen stuff is good. It's just he can't take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he did it because they're then, open. Obviously, he does it Dunhill links. Then every other week, he's just not been able to. Yeah, take but then, but then doesn't everybody? I mean, when you hear what I've, who I'm putting up, you'll, you'll laugh at how I'm not backing this one. Up. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, this is the way it is. But you know, every, every for every whatever for every Tiger Woods is Nolly Wilson, isn't there? Uh, I won't have that kind of slander on this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I was going to come into this week betting Gavin Green as an auto bet. Uh, he's 100 to 1 and I haven't done it. Uh, I just I just think he's going to take a leap this year. Um, I've, I've favoured someone else at slightly bigger odds, so I haven't gone there. Um, but any others around here, Jace, the kind of 80, 90, 100 to 1 mark for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, the first one is Ewan Ferguson. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's 125, so does that still count in your... Uh, yeah, yeah, go with that, mate. Well, there's two in this, two in this section. Um, one is you and Ferguson. I, I'm now you talk about following somebody like Callum Shinkwin in his early days. I think, uh, I mean, well, it's a great, with you know, Ferguson had a great first year last year, obviously, very significantly won in Qatar. I think, um, very significantly should have won in Denmark. Um, when as we know, Ollie Wilson just <laughs> he couldn't buy a five foot putt, and Ferguson was playing brilliant. I mean, I think he missed one. I was on, like, and I, I really did think he was going to win. I think he missed one five-foot, six-foot chance. And mm-hmm. uh, Wilson, who couldn't hold a five-foot putt. Do you remember this? He Made one from like 60 feet. From, well, he started, <laughs> I think he held one from 35 feet to save par or something like that when he was yeah, shocking. Which Ferguson like, then had a five-footer, I think, to go back one back in front um, and missed it. Um, he couldn't believe it. Uh, I couldn't believe it. And then, and then Wilson does what he does, you know, really late on and it's... You know, he laughed about it, but really it should have been his third win of the year and that would have been a remarkable year. I mean, he's mm-hmm. one again that, I, that we talk about, <coughs> about how um, downgraded the European Tour yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, poor. I'm, the world rankings for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's PGA level, but when you look at some of the players that are in between, where is he now? I've got, I can't get up. I've, this computer's paying up, as you know. He is 140th in the world rankings. Yeah, he's... see, I, 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 don't, I don't see that. I don't and see also, that. best it's ever just... is 136th. So even in that run of whatever he's won. It sounds wrong, doesn't it? It yeah. sounds wrong, doesn't it? I mean, anyway. So therefore, look, it's, he, I think he's absolutely fairly obvious. You know, his two wins should have been three. Did mm-hmm. absolutely nothing wrong with getting beat. And we've discussed plenty of players who have done things wrong when they've got beat. Um it then goes, he closes in at the end of the year, ninth in Mallorca, closes in again, ninth at Nedbank. Um, yeah, I mean, DP Worlds wasn't, wasn't his thing. Uh, there is a slight concern that, unlike a lot of what we've been saying, he hasn't any form in this part of the world. Um, but, you you know, at uh, the UAE. But you do, look again, look at Qatar. I remember it being quite windy on final day. I remember yeah. him standing up. I know it wasn't this grade. I remember him standing up better than all the rest, putting, chipping, doing fantastically well. Um, brilliant first year. Uh, I, I I just think he's too big. I think 125 to one is is, is absolutely wrong. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. 
again, I, it is in my in my head is the comparison with somebody like Shinkwin. But I think if Shinkwin had done this in a, in his in a year, there's no way he'd have been 125. It's just no. Shinkwin would be 50s. I don't I don't get why. Uh, no way We've said this all the time with Ferguson. Probably the last five or six events we did of it, like he was 100, 125 to one every week. And obviously we got proved wrong that we thought he should have been a lot shorter and he obviously went off and either missed cuts or finished lower down the lead all. But I wouldn't take... I mean, Paddy Power has got him at 66 to 1. I think that's way better that's than probably, the that's probably, way yeah. price. Like, he's longer than Mikko Corhan and he's longer than Alexander Bjork. He's longer than Mansell. He's longer Mansell, than... Mansell, yeah. Mansell's got one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I actually like Friston Lawrence, but he's double the price of Friston Lawrence. Mm-hmm. It's it's bizarre. I don't, I don't I don't really get what he has to do to prove himself. Like you said, he could have had three well, wins. No, could have had four good, wins. It's good for us though. He's, he's under the radar. I mean, the value is there. Like as Jason just alluded to, it's, it's a massive price. <laughs> yeah. It's I, tough think, one. I think yeah, and, and that I don't what that leads on to is in, in terms of top ten and top twenty even. You mm-hmm, know, you're yeah. looking at I don't know three one seventy two maybe top. 20 even maybe does he just feel like the type of person though that checks out if he doesn't if he's not in contention yeah but so what it's so what so does Thomas Thomas Dietrich does it yeah but I just I just, I just mean he won't, there's almost not the value to back him in the top 20 you might as well just back him at the seven places to uh, each one oh yeah 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 I mean it's, you know come see come saw you know I mean? yeah. do, what you, do what you want to do it's not it's your money hmm. um, I just I just think he's the wrong price I don't, I don't see why is that he's actually the same price spoke bigger than somebody else that I quite like around this price that I think people will laugh at. Um, is, which is, is that, too, is that too loud. Yeah. yeah. I won't laugh at that. He said it like himself, didn't he, a few years ago. Say hmm. it like toast and it's louton. So, yeah, you are right. There you Yost, louton. Yeah. Yost. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I, I've been waiting for louton. As I did, do you remember that when he got very seriously injured and he yeah. came back after about uh, 17 years or something. He looks um, like he's been around for 17 big, years twice over. I had this really big um, Twitter argument with like this bloke who just absolutely slated out and constantly um, every week while you come back. I'm like, he's been off for like two years with, you know, with like serious injury. Yeah. And he come back in one. He won again. And, and then he's obviously gone missing. But this season he really has been uh, he's been really catching my eye. I don't know if he's caught any of your eyes. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Loughton looks like he's really back. He used to be like number one, number two in Tita Green or, or Greens and Reg, should I say. He hasn't particularly lost that. Um, but what I like about it is that his putting over the last couple of months or, or the end of the season has really improved. I mean, he was missing two footers, three footers constantly yeah. for a very, very long period. 20, 20, 19, 20, 21, he was missing ridiculous putts. Now you look at it, um, Portugal, which, again, you can make a link to, to um, somewhere like this. Um, <coughs> 14th in strokes game putting. Um, South Africa was 10th. And at the uh, Dunhill, he was 9th. So he's got his putting back. I think he probably still kept a lot of his talent to green. Um, and he's ended the season brilliantly. You know, uh, one, two, three, six cuts. Um, 7th in Portugal, 23rd South African Open, 13th for the Dunhill. Um uh, I'm not sure what price I expect. I certainly, as a bookmaker, I'd have um, Ferguson 30 points shorter than Loughton. And now whether that means Loughton's too short or Ferguson's too big is up to you. You make your own mind up. But 
there's there's something about Lauer. Now, we know he loves links. I mean, he's absolutely links exponent in in his in his resume. You've got the KLM a hundred thousand times, of course. Um, you've got Abu Dhabi, you've got Dubai, you've got the Irish Open, um, Portugal. You've got obviously the British Open. Um, there's something there about Lauer, and I, I, I think he's probably going to be one. I think he's probably going to be one that takes a four-shot lead into halfway or something and then totally collapses yeah. under patent pressure. But there's something about him, and in the right place, I, I'm very interested in him. He was so, always... What, what, like When I first... I mean, going back to Jason, when we were doing like the golf family articles and you know, whatever yeah. came of that, but like he was... I remember him being kind of going off 33-1, to 28-1, 40 to 40-1 regularly. He's a proper player. Um, the Mossy got six wins on the on DP World Tour, and when you look at the people he's beat, so Daniel Chopra for the first one, but then Thomas Bjorn for his second win, Miguel Angel Jimenez for his third win, Fleetwood and Shane Lowry for his fourth win, Burnt Beesberger for his fifth win, Chris Wood for his sixth. Ridiculous. Oh, no. Top grade, mate. Uh, top grade. And, injuries took its toll. And then when you look, I mean, there's a couple of things. One, injuries. I think two, because he doesn't have that, he's not a long hitter, is he? So. <laughs> The game has passed him by a little bit in the time that he's been off, um, I think it's probably fair to say. But you look at his record at this event prior to all those kind of injury problems, he had four top six finishes, third, fifth, sixth and sixth. So, yes, his recent location form looks terrible, but overall, that's because he's been in the doldrums a bit. Um, I like him. I I thought he was a little bit too short compared to the others, but... um, but that's probably a, a sign of respect of, of what everything you're saying, though. Like, exactly, you know, yeah. it, it makes more sense. Um, another player a bit like that, I guess, doesn't have the winning profile as such, Brad, but Rafa Cabrera-Bello pops up in the Middle mm-hmm. East very often. Yeah, he does. Uh, and he didn't have the best of seasons last year, but he finished it with three consecutive cuts, which is um, something, obviously, to build on during the break. Uh, best finish of the year came at this event where he finished runner up to Peters at Yaz Links. Um, and yeah, after looking into him a bit deeper, I'm really not surprised in the slightest because he won the Scottish Open at the Dundonald Links, as well as a ninth and a 13th place finish at PGA National Sweden. Obviously both Carl Phillips designs, uh, top five at Dundonald Links, top 10 at Glen Eagles and the Renaissance Club. Um, incredible record at Doha in Qatar, SIPF, two third-place finishes and a runners-up. And on top of that, he's proved to be excellent off of breaks. Um, his record in this part of the world is stupidly impressive. Uh, won the Dubai Desert Classic, two runners-up, two top five finishes and three top ten finishes in the UAE. I just don't know what more you want as a triple-digit stab. Uh, I think he's a classy player and, and he can definitely mix it with the best on his day. So I think at 125-1, to one, um, he's, a, he's a good little stab this week in that market. It's just a, a feel thing for me with Bello. I kept thinking last year he went to these kind of prices on where he should have done well and he and he didn't. And then when he shouldn't have played well, he come back with that. It, it makes sense. Um, you know, every time you think he was going to do something, he didn't, and vice versa. But everything lines up for him. He's 125 to one. We're talking about people that are that are 120. Again, Cajon and Becker. I like Becker actually, but you know, in in general, uh, Valamaki, Scrivener. Like he's priced with people that don't win and haven't won for a long time, um, and yeah, he's absolutely fine. I think I've got a couple here to talk about. One that I'm actually taking, and one I want to mention. So the one I want to mention was uh, Jong Hun Wang. I think we talked about him towards the end of last year, 
the only reason this guy has gone off the face of the planet is because of military service. He had those three wins on the DP World Tour before going, um, and he's just playing himself nicely back into things. Um, has a bunch of form where you'd like to see it. So I would not be surprised if Wang went out and you know was either the first round leader or halfway Same. leader or something. Um, don't don't think he'll hang around. I think it's been too long out of the out of the action to really contend. Like the first time after so long out is going to be tough, but. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely someone to keep an eye on as, as the year progresses, I think. He had a couple of good results on the Asian Tour. He did, yeah. He, he, yeah. He, finished, he finished, he kept playing in those international series events, didn't he? Um, it, yeah. Which are like, you know, like the, the live feeder events, if you like. Mm-hmm. And the fields weren't great, which put me off a little bit. But like he actually started the Australian Open pretty well as well. Um, he, he's definitely just got bags of ability. I mean, this is a guy who was top 40 in the world at his best. He's now obviously 984th in the world. So mm-hmm. there's there's things that are obviously, you know, it's because of that military service. But he won in Qatar. He won in Morocco. won in Mauritius. He was second at the Ned Bank, second at the Indian Open, fifth at Dunhill Links, 11th in this event at a different course, sixth at the Dubai Desert Classic. He's brilliant. Um, it's an interesting one to see how yeah, he gets on with I, th- I think you just want to keep track on him throughout the year. And just I, I can see i can seriously see his price cutting down very quickly uh mm-hmm. 66 is 50s it feels a bit like ash and woo for me that just wins yeah. more than you would expect but yeah. got me yeah I think no he was he was, he was another one everybody was talking about you know when he when he first came on the scene he was he was brilliant yeah i mean mm-hmm. the nickname number wang of course after fantastic <laughs> uh fantastic game show but anyway um yeah yeah and, and very much reminding me of when i listened to last year's pod of a conversation about how Tang Lee. Yeah. Um, very, very much. He had no idea what he's going to do, quite honestly. Yeah, that's right. But brilliant when he's there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think one to keep an eye on. But the one I am actually going for um, is Judge John Watson. I just think um, that this kind of stuff that I've sort of looked into, the, the, the Paz Palum Greens, the Carl Phillips stuff, everything, plus his recent form, uh, just lines up really nicely. So just before... Christmas or the winter break, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Judge John Wilson on one. Um, he won one of those international series events we've just been alluding to with, with Jung Hun Wang. Again, not the greatest of fields, but followed up with a sixth place finish at Indonesian Masters. If it was just those events, I would probably ignore it to a certain extent. But when you look, he was 14th at Valderrama, where he was the first round leader. He was 6th at the Mallorca Open, where he was 6th all week long. Um, and just to me, is playing some good golf. He has got top 10 at the Carl Phillips design uh, Bernardus that we've been talking about. Another 31st there as well. Two wins on Passpad and Greens in Asia. To me, he, he's just one of those people that looks a bit overpriced. We, we see Judge Daniel Watson pop up an awful lot. He's got multiple, multiple wins, Brad, in, in Asia. Um, oh, yeah. Hasn't obviously stepped up. The, the concern is he hasn't stepped up. He's I been around. For he, honestly, at the time when he was on the Asian tour, it was like um, like a Tom Kim. Like he was dominating. I did. I did think he'd be a lot further along as he is right now, but still a very talented player. I guess you'd I'm... put him like you, you've got him and you've got um, Wang and you've got these these people that that came over and dominated the Asian Tour before these these Koreans really kicked like the, the Tonkins and the Sung Jims and whatever yeah. really kicked on. Um, but I mean, looking at some of the wins, he had he had two straight victory over Paul Casey at the Singapore Open in 2019. Uh, a five-stroke victory over Thomas Dietrich and, and two other players from Thailand. Mm-hmm. He's won the, the International Series recently. He did lose um, the playoff to Daniel Van Tonder in Kenya, so he's had a chance to win. Yep. 
just like I just like the way he's playing. I just think he's 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 very solid. Uh, he's finished fourteenth in the PGA Championship. He's no mug, and I no, think he's, he's got he's got some stuff in the bag. He's still only twenty seven, so I think people are going to give up on him a little bit too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think one hundred and fifty to one. Jazz Jan Osmond was uh, was the final one for me. Good anyone else? For anyone else? Nope. Um, I'm a bit. Uh, I'm. I'm looking out for Daniel Hilly. I think he's a brilliant Lynx player, but he's never played this part of the world. Obviously, he graduated from the Challenge Tour. Uh, I might be keeping my eye on him uh, for a top 20. He's monster prices at the moment. He's like 300 to 1. So I'm hoping to get a good price in, in that market. But that's the only other person I've really got my eye on. Yeah, I thought there were some kind of interesting prices down the bottom without really taking my fancy. Dale Whitnell's still improving, isn't he? Um Ross Fisher, I think, has put together some form, but I could probably pick Ross Fisher every week until he finally makes me bankrupt. Cropper at four hundred to one as well. Yeah, gone, isn't he? Like, yeah, really is, gone the other way since winning. How quickly it has changed there. Yeah, that, I mean, he was forty to one every week, wasn't he? So, yeah. Um, Jason, any more for you? And Marcus Hillikilder, hmm. um, player, one of my players to follow on this tour. Yannick Paul's actually the other one that we were talking about, but yeah. I don't think this is this is Yannick Paul's game. Um, <coughs> yeah, Hillikilder. I know you know Brad was was talking about him as well last year. Mm-hmm. Um, was injured for um, two months of the summer. Took another month to come back, so he can basically gnaw off it. But uh, he still took part in 24 events and made 15 cuts in his rookie year. That comes off three wins on the Challenge Tour last year, including the finale. Um, actually, uh, first tournament was the um, uh, was here at Abu Dhabi when he opened up with 69 last year to be 17th. I don't know when these shoulder problems started. Um, see, social media sort of suggests that it's been going on for a while. So it, it, when you look at his record, his overall record, I, I genuinely have no idea. I would think he's better than what he showed. Um, he still managed the 12th in guitar. Again, when he opened up very, very quickly, um, line second after day one, um, took um, most of May and June off to get his shoulder done, um, tweeted that um, he wasn't quite right for the Irish Open, but it was time to come back. Um, and actually like, lay inside the top 22 at halfway before it took his toll. Um, and then went bizarrely, um, sort of came on from that massively um, and finished eighth at the Barbasol and 13th at the Barracuda. Um, when he played really, really well, see to green. Um, has to keep his card going along quite nicely. And, you know, both at the, um, at the hander, we've already discussed that. Third, the third, top 30 at Crans, eighth at Denmark, which I think, again, is significant. Um, he was under huge pressure. I remember the TV cameras virtually showing every single thing that he did um, back then, but he, he remained in the top 10 throughout. So he knew he'd got his card. I'm not sure what happened at the end of the year. It was okay. It's nothing special. But I think that um, I'm not particularly expecting fireworks this week, but I definitely want to keep an eye on because when he's absolutely right and fit, he's, you know, I can see him doing not necessarily the same thing, but I can see him doing a Ferguson, if you like. You know, when you look at the players that have come off the Challenge Tour, you know, Ferguson couldn't win on the Challenge Tour. Um, You know, we've done done it before. Jordan Smith, for example, not that long ago, came off Challenge Tour and, uh, you know, Obviously, should have won at least five or six by now on this tour. <laughs> so I can see him doing the same sort of thing. I think he's that talented. Mm-hmm. He's shown up at uh, his home event when he was basically um, an amateur. Um, showed up at the Dutch as well, didn't he? 
that we talked yeah, about that's... earlier when, when Matty Schmidt was fourth. Well, sort of fell apart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of fell apart at the um, down the stretch because they couldn't really cope with it, neither of them. Yeah, I just think he's very, very talented and, and he will make it. It's just mm. when, so you might as well back him at 175 and hope he, he just... this week. Definitely. Yeah, he just couldn't really get it going last year, could he? It was just uh, injuries just prevented him from doing that. So, yeah, I think he, with being injury-free this year, I agree. I think he's going to go on and win. Is that somewhere? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hopefully it's not a lingering one because the worst thing you can see with these talented players is when that is the only thing holding them back. Like, sometimes it gives you that, you know, being completely selfish from a betting perspective, if you suddenly see that they've got better or they show signs where they've had one good final round and you think they've got fitter, then great. Um, but, you know, just for a pure golfing fan perspective, you want the best young, talented players to be fit all the time and hopefully fulfil their potential. So um, definitely one to keep an eye on. Over to the American Express then, which, by the way, is one of the most ridiculous names for an event. It's not even like the American Express Pro-Am or the American Express. It's just the American Express, which is... You're happy really... with the Polar Express, yeah? Polar Express is fine, yeah. Um, but yeah, slightly different to the Amex. To the Amex. But um, I've never owned an Amex card, so maybe that's why I'm a bit biased against it. Um, John Rahm, 13-2. to Patrick Cantlay, 11-1. to Scotty Scheffler, 11-1. to Tony Finau, 14s. And then it's 20-1 to for Zalatoris and Xander Schofflay. Brad, any ones that you consider at the top? Uh, no, no one there for me. Uh, obviously, I really like Zalatoris. Interesting how well he does this this week, coming off an injury. Obviously, uh, we saw that he was completely fine last time out, so I don't know why people are overly concerned. But I think it's just that little bit of level of rust still. People feel that he's still trying to get back to that level, but I just think he's I think it's there for him. So I think he's a very a good option this week up the top. Yeah, I think I think for me, there's going to be the concern about can he make enough putts, and there's going to be the concern um, that long shots win this a lot. And they do, but they're generally not as strong as this field. So, obviously, it's five of the top seven in the world. I think it's like 12 or 13 of the top 20. The only thing I would say is I don't know necessarily that we didn't have these quality players in it before. It's just it feels like they've all been higher ranked this time. Like, Cameron Young is higher ranked than he probably is, in you know, generally because of the live stuff and the... And, you know, the the way that he's played well in majors and that's sort of biased towards that. And Tom Kim and Sam Burns and all that kind of thing, they're, they're all just really high up in the rankings, not necessarily the best players in the world at the time is one thing I would say. So a bit of a bit of a mixed message on that, but it is a strong field. Uh, Jace, do you think with, with the five at the top seven in, do you think this is a case of we're going to go for one of the favourites as opposed to long shots? I'm not, and I hope you're not. Well... I hope not. I mean, you know, it's, it's John Rahm thinks it's a shitty putting contest. <laughs> um, Cantley, I think, stands out, but I'm not. Um, you know, I'm not backing it at that price. Yeah, what? look, it's another one where you could, you, you can see it, can't you? But it, it does doesn't feel like a particularly. Um, uh, when we watch this every year, it doesn't feel like one of these players is going to win it. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, not that they may well win, but like you say, it's it's not for me. Any of those prices, I think there's there's enough to say that. Not that they won't care enough, but they won't care enough. It is a surprise if, you know, the, the what, I don't know if it's just a FU to live that they're playing this event. I don't know. But you look at the most recent winners, Hudson Swafford, 200-1, Siwoo Kim, 60s, Landry, 200-1, Adam Long, 600-1, Rahm, 10s, Hudson Swafford, 66, Duffner, 40. It's literally hey. just Rahm, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Duffner. Um, yeah, I think I think for me, I am going with Zalatoris. 
And there's a couple of reasons. One, he was like 33 to 1 when we didn't know how fit he was. He was playing with more of the best players in a really elite field at a golf course that we didn't know how well he would play at. This time around, he's got a sixth place finish last year. We've seen that he's fit. His best round was the last round last year. Um, he's a California guy in terms of that's where he's born and raised until he moved to Texas. So to me, I think Zalatoris is actually decent value now that I know he's fit to a certain extent. My concern, obviously, is going to be can he make enough putts? But when I look for the rest of my picks, that's going to be the case all the way along. So um, when you've got to make kind of 30 birdie putts or 35 birdie putts that's going to be the case for pretty much most of the field um, that's why John Rahm sh- no, shouts a load of expletives at the camera uh, but it is what it is I think, I think I'm think i going to take the chances out of the I think 20s from Finau at 14s and Scheffler and Kante 11s is is a big enough divide between those two players um, and Xander's obviously got the, the health scare if you like the, the back so um, Brad tell us why Cameron Young at 22s and 20s is, is the one you're playing yeah so i just feel like it's his type oh you can't really pigeonhole cameron young he's shown up everywhere now but he we've seen that he has shown up on birdie fest in the past you know he posted that uh, 21 under sanderson farms rocket mortgage classic runner up both times and he's had some ridiculously low rounds in the 60s and other events um and yeah, he, he played here last year. I think it was only his, yeah, his ninth start on the PGA Tour. And he was in contention. He was fifth until the final round of 77 when he dropped down to as low as 40th. Um, and I just feel like he's going to come back. He's, gonna, he's obviously developed a lot as a player since then. I mean, he's contended in two majors, four runner-ups on the PGA Tour. It's fair to say the only thing he hasn't done is win at this level. Um, and yeah, I just feel like he's, he's coming into this. He's off a, a steady 13th place finish at the Tournament of Champions a couple of weeks ago. He got better round by round, closer a round of 64. And yeah, I just think it's a great chance for him to break through this week. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm going with Cameron Young. It's, so a, bit, we... it's a bit short at 22, but I think he warrants that now. I do. I feel like he warrants that. And he's going to want it more than 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 them other guys up the top. I can guarantee you that. It's a weird one because it doesn't feel like a breakthrough place for like future five, six, seven-time winners. Obviously, John Rahm got his second win here after winning Tory Pines. But it doesn't feel like you know when someone like uh, Adam Long wins for the first time. You don't think that's going to lead on to multiple victories when Andrew Landry wins. You don't think so. It doesn't feel like that type of event where. We've seen it here, yeah. And as you say, yeah. you know, yeah. like you don't, you go to like, do you know, you always go to like Bermuda or something. You go, oh, that's their first win because that's all they could get in that year, and then they're building it from there. It doesn't feel the same. It feels like a bit of a jolly old like old boys club. I get what thing. you're saying, but I feel like he's not gonna, he's not gonna be thinking that at all. No. Yeah. He's gonna be thinking every opportunity he can possibly get to win this year. He's gonna go out firing. So. My only other concern with him is he's one of those players that's got this release to Saudi international event hasn't he and I wonder the, mm-hmm. the, live, the live rooms are still rife so whether he's I mean that could be making me more determined to get a win before he's kicked off you know that's <laughs> right yeah it, you can look at it both ways <laughs> there's multiple ways of looking at it I'm, I'm bored of trying to go in between the weeds on that I don't even know why I bring it up but that is um, that is one of the ones but um, at double the price I'm now moving on um, unless Jace you've got anyone between 20 to 40 no no cool so double the price I'm going with Tom Hoagie there was all this kind of talk last week of and we all galaxy brain ourselves of was he going to 
make it there on time? Was he going to be in the right shape after flying to the TCU versus Georgia game, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And and he played okay. He played all right. He didn't he didn't necessarily do great. Um, and I think that potentially means that people feel a bit burnt. He's obviously finished forty first and never really got going. But that can be forgiven based on the fact that he was you know right up there at the tournament of champions. He was you know flying back and forth doing what he was doing. The fact is, he was still ninth in strokes gain approach, and all the time he's still doing that. Um, I think you've still got to back him at forty to one in a in a, an event that you know will just reward short iron play and loads of birdies. Tom Hogan can go low with the best of them. He's got second and sixth place finishes here. Second last year, um, had a chance to win but couldn't quite uh, capitalise. I think he was two shots or one shot back going into the final round and finished two shots behind Swafford in the end. Uh, I, th- I think he's great. I think he's got an absolute chance of, of doing it. I think he's the type of person that's going to win a couple of times over the next five years again. Uh, and I think he's. I think all the time those those approaches are where they are, I'm going to back him. So, mm-hmm. as I say, very mixed form. He's played it six times and had three missed cuts and like two top sixes. But, you know, I'll, I'll take the chance. I think there's, there's definitely some high upside on Tom Hoagie. Uh, Jace, what price is your first selection in this? Uh, well, depends. 55, 60, give or take. Okay. Let, let's go with the one that both me and Brad have got. And Brad, I'll let you lead off with Sahith Vigala and I'll just fill in the blanks. Yeah. Uh, similar Cameron Young. He's chasing down his uh, maiden win. Uh, he's come close a few times. Third place finish at the Phoenix Open where he mixed it with the best. Uh, he only come up one shot shy of making the players. And I actually think that result... Um, it's quite could be quite significant looking at this event because it's another desert track, decent field, and there's birdies in abundance. It's kind of what we expect to see here. Um, he also has that second place finish at the Travellers and more recently second at the RSM Classic. So it definitely feels as though he's not far away. Um, and it's another great opportunity this week. He's back home um, in California. He finished sixth at the Fortinet back in September here. Um, he plays. He played in the event for the first time last year, and he finished. Uh, no, he was his eleventh going into the final round, and yeah. uh, he shot a seventy-five. I think yeah, yeah dropped him to thirty-third. And and just what was really encouraging is that he shot sixty-two on PGA West, which arguably is the toughest of the three courses that are in rotation this week. Uh, gets used for two rounds, and uh, yeah. was it was was that not on the Nicholas course? Oh, sorry, was it the Nicholas course? I get mixed yeah. up. I'm so, because so, so, that's PGA West as well. So I think, I think I'll dive, I'll dive in there just because unless, so we'll double check this. But um, as Jason goes into his next pick, we'll we'll do some behind the scenes work, Brad, and we can confirm it. But I think he was, <laughs> I think he was, I think he shot a second round sixty-two at the Nicholas course after, Nicholas course, after yeah. shooting seventy-two at the Kinza, which was really disappointing. And then shot a 68 at the stadium course, and then the 75 over the weekend. So he's one of those ones that had to play back-to-back stadium course. And the reason I think that 68 is really encouraging because if the 72 and the 75 both came on a stadium course, I'd be really concerned. But the fact mm-hmm. that one of them was at the Kinta, I think you can just discount that um, and just say that he's probably gonna he's more than capable of shooting 62, 63, 64 there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but to summarise, kind of what you were talking about, he's got he should have won. Uh, at the Travellers. He double bogeyed the last hole and gave it to Xander Schauffele. Uh That was the Pete Dye design TPC River Highland. He's got the second at the RSM, which is a multi-course event, and he's got a third in Phoenix where he's a 54-hole, which is a desert course. So all three boxes tick for me. 
Yeah. Birdie machine. Uh, like you say, California guy. Very high upside. I had him and Andrew Putnam right next to one another, and I just couldn't bring myself to back mm-hmm. Andrew Putnam over Saeed Fagala based on yeah. just high upside. And, and the fact yeah. that actually, I think he's, like you said, very similar to Cameron Young. Um, I know Cameron Young's done it in the majors, which is why he's the price that he is in the world rankings, etc. But I don't know if there'll be that much between them when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. And also worth noting is that although he finished 33rd last, uh, last time out at the um, Tournament of Champions, he actually hit his irons like, stupidly well. Like, he ranked out 8th on approach and it was just let down completely by the flat stick. He lost over 6 strokes to the field. Um, so that's sort of encouraging, although it's a bit of a putting contest this week, so you'll definitely need to improve on that front. But we've seen it before. He can get hot with a putter, so hopefully he's dialed in with his irons and he gets uh, gets the putter working. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, Jace, your pick, is it, is it Adam Hadwin? No. Oh, good. Off you go, then. Uh, JT Poston. Lovely. Um, sorry? Lovely. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, uh, obviously, <laughs> you know, he was. I was tempted to go one and done like we did with the John Deere yeah. last year with with Poston. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, very simply, um, he was one of the the, the very best putters on tour. That's um, relaxed a little bit, though. You know, I don't think it's horrendous, um, so I'm really not worried. Um, yeah, basically, you, you look at his form. He's won the Wyndham, which is fine. That's on Bermuda, and obviously, Pete Dye. Um, he's won uh, Bermuda, which is very helpful. At the Heritage, he's got a third, sixth, and eighth, which works very nicely here. Uh, Shriners, he has a fourth and I think a top 20, which links in very nicely with some of Pat Cantley's best uh, form. Um, uh, ninth at East Lake again, on the right sort of grass, grass of the greens. Um, and he's just playing, I think, a lot more consistently than, than he ever has. I'm not saying it's dramatic, Um but there we are. I mean, look, he's in front of you. Um, played very, very well again. Uh, you know, he's got one, two, three, four, five. He's got five cuts from 3M Open to the Tour Championship um, in uh, mid of 2022. Uh, that includes the Wyndham again, where he shot uh, two rounds of 66 on a course that he loves. Um, Shriners again, 20th of 63 on the third round. Um, and then he's, he's had three ends to his year. The RSM, 21st, 21st at the Tournament Champions. Sorry, this year. 21st at the Tournament Champions, which we know is a, a short field, but no one's expecting him to compete there. Um, and last week was a, a, a great sort of warm-up, if you like, uh, 20th at the Sony. Um, absolutely fine. I mean, he he's, hasn't got worse than a 71 in his last 12 rounds. Um, he puts great. He loves these sort of these sorts of um, target golf shorter courses. Um, yeah, I've yeah, what do you want? He's one in 22 under, one in 21 under. Uh, what else have I got here? I've got loads of arrows everywhere, really. Second of the Travellers, did we say that? Yep, second of the Travellers, that's right. Yeah, I think that actually was was a bit of a uh, tempter for last year, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. For the John Third. Deere was the pointer. Third he's of just, the Heritage. It's just playing well, and, and he's absolutely on the bubble. He's on the t- he's in the top 50. Hmm. Um, so there he is, uh, in all your majors. Uh, not that I'm suggesting he can possibly compete. <laughs> Um, but when you do, I mean, he played in the Open, didn't he, for the first time last year? Yeah, he I mean, fair right. play. When you when you have a limited skill set and you don't have the length off the tee, you know, to get yourself to something like that is um, is great, and and it can only do your confidence good. Um, you know, he's not going to be short with a few quid. Uh, he's playing well, and and that's I just I just see Poston as a um, as you sort of telegraph a win for him. 
if yeah. you like. I think you have to have the right courses. As I say, he's in form, he's on a run. I, I think he I think he'll go very, very well this week. And and I think sixty six is wrong. Um <laughs> to be honest with you. Um and, and I'd be quite happy to take fifties eight places as well. I think he's got a great chance. I think the thing with the post tonight, you look at his calls form thirty fourth miscut, seventh thirty seventh miscut, twenty fifth, like it seems modest, but like I don't think it's the easiest thing to do is to be consistent on these three courses, Pro-Am, 54-hole cut events. The fact that you can just keep coming here and knocking out decent results and you know, you've only got to get a, a few couple of you know putts go your way in, in a round and certainly you catch fire on these types of resort courses. Well, Jason Duffner won. You know, yeah. I mean, you, know, you, can't, you can't get much worse, can you, on the greens, really, than the, the mighty Duffner. Thank God for that chip from yeah. the box. But anyway... Um, you know, I just I just see him as a telegraphed player. I just, you know, I think you can tell when he's going to play well. Um, yeah. that, that he does me. I, he was going to be my one and done and may well be, depending on things. Yeah. Have you got any more um, on this, Jace? Or is, are you sticking with Poston for now? Uh, I, I, I don't know if Brad's on Alex Smalley, are you? No, I think I need a break from Alex Moore. Are you not? Him. Interesting, because he was my second no. on the list. I was waiting. People will show up this week because I'm not on him. That's how it works. I was, yeah, I was waiting to see what what Brad said because he knows him, you know, very very well. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's I flying, not, isn't he? He's flying. I, like this I, mean, game, can't, but I can't get him right. I can't get him right for shit. So, <laughs> yeah, he's flying. Isn't he? Oh, he, yeah, is. he is. You know, yeah. I mean, so Smalley was 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 a very tempter at three figures, Tom. To be honest with you, you yeah. know, he's got good Bermuda form as well. Um, Fifth, fourth, and eleventh at somewhere I can't read. Thirteenth at Wyndham, fifteenth at Houston. Um, KFT, he's got a couple of top sixteen finishes, um, and he's he's just playing really well. And I think again, he's one that, you know, he could be a Hudson Swafford. I mean, Swafford won by after doing absolutely nothing. At least um, Smalley's playing really, really well. And yeah, I, I thought Brad would actually put him up for three figures. I have mm, to be honest, because um, I fancied him. I fancied him last week at fifty to one. Obviously, half the price um, in a much weakened field. And I thought the course actually suited him a bit better as he showed up on like a lot of correlated tracks. Um, so yeah, if he doesn't show up there, it's kind of sort of makes me feel like he's not come back from the break as as well as he's finished it off. You know, so I just need to see a little bit more just to. Um, just to sort of get back into him, I think. Yeah, nice right, I'm, I'm going to be on at 101 eight places. It's a big prize, I guarantee yeah. <laughs> Ricky Fowler was someone I wanted to be on, but I thought he was going to be like 80, 100, and he's actually 66. There is 90 with five places, but I don't really want to take that. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he's quite back. He's showing plenty of signs, and I think if this is a course he did have the 36 hole lead here a couple of years ago and I think that was when he first moved to John Tillery and you could see he was visibly battling with his swing in contention but I think now he's back with Butch uh, things could go well for, for Fowler so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he contends but I haven't quite got there yet the other one that I looked at was Luke List I listened back to the podcast last year uh, similar reasons to like him but similar reasons to think that he'll probably just finish 36th again so um, in the end, scrapped him off. And then my last one, which we both agree on, Brad, who has come in a decent amount, is David Lipsky. But mm-hmm. he's 100 to 1. And I think there's an awful lot to like about Lipsky. So I'll fire away and then I'll let you yep. pick up the pieces. Um, 
So last week he was two shots back at the halfway stage, another two shots back again at the 54. Well, two shots back again at the 54 hole stage. Eventually came up four shots shy of Subaru Kim. I thought that was absolutely fine. He's already a two-time winner on a DP World Tour and once on the Corn Ferry Tour. And I really feel like this is definitely a time to step up. Like that tied four finish was his best on the PJ Tour. I didn't realise actually last year was his rookie season. I thought he'd had mm-hmm. dual membership before. So that's uh, impressive enough as it is. He's had three more top tens on the PJ Tour since 2021. So he's all going in the right direction. Uh, third top 22 finish of the season. 10th at Mike Hayward, 22nd at the Houston Open. When you look at the the course stats on tour tips and Pete Dye designs, he's played six events on Pete Dye, course, uh, Pete Dye courses over the PJ and Corn Ferry Tour. This does include the Zurich Classic Team event. But in those starts, he's got a win and a second on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's got a fourth at the Zurich with Aaron Rye, who I can't imagine carried him to the fourth place finish. And he was 14th here last year on his debut. So add all that into the fact that he was fourth last week in strokes game approach and 12th in tee to green. Yeah. Putting the fact that he was solid last year and the fact that even when he was 44th at the Shrine as he posted that final round 65, which is pleasing desert form, I think Lipsky's actually due a, a little bit of a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Not much more to add to that. That's spot on. Uh, but also what I found interesting was that he was coming off five consecutive missed cuts before that 14th place. Hmm. Um, so obviously now he's coming into this week off a much positive result, as you said, his best ever result on the PGA Tour. I already struck the ball extremely well. So, yeah. So he'll, so he'll miss the cut this week, won't he? Now yeah, that every, everybody's yeah. on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like I, I just think he's a good prize, mate. And I think that he is. ultimately he's a... He's, when you look back at how quickly he took to the DP World Tour, then he's gone and won on the Corn Ferry Tour. It feels like he's served his little apprenticeship now. I think he'd come out quite highly rated for Northwestern, which was Luke Donald's um, alma mater. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's got he's got some sort of clout yeah. behind him as well. He's a competitor and he shows up in loads, on loads of different courses and everywhere around the world. You know, like he's he's very travelled golfer. You know, a bit like, not quite a Scott Vincent, but. Uh, towards going towards that sort of way, you know. Well, he, but... He's just this course is at a course where any like literally anybody can win. Like there, there is no, there's no handicap on any player in terms of like oh they can't reach that par five or the par fours are too long for them. As long as you avoid the water, I think it's the three of the four hardest holes of the par threes on the back nine, uh, mm-hmm. PJ Stadium course. If you avoid the water on those, um, or or the deep bunkers or whatever it is that, that causes the hazards. It's pretty much target golf. Yeah. I do think that contrary to popular belief, rather than just blasting it and finding a rough and hitting it again, there is some merit to driving it pretty straight, which Lipsky can do. Uh, looking at the stats of, of the winners, that that has been the case. So to me, I, I think he, he does present a decent amount of value, uh, mm-hmm. even at the kind of shortened prices of 100. Like, I don't really see why, like, even now he's come into 100. I think, was he like 150 to 1 to start? But well, he's 175 in some places. There you yeah. go, yeah. So obviously he's come into 100 to 1, but I think that's far closer to what he should be. Like, I'm going to pick on someone now, and this is going to come back to haunt me. This is the second time I've said it tonight. <laughs> why is Christian Bazoid now so popular? God knows. He should, yeah, I, I mean. He should not be. He, the fact that you can get, he's about the same price as David Lipsky is, uh, is insulting to David Lipsky. To but like fair. Alex Smalley we've mentioned is is kind of on the up. Um, Chris Kirk has just finished fourth in an event. Uh, SH Kim's been playing well this season. David Lipsky is in the best form he's been in basically in his career in terms of the PGA Tour. You've got it's... Davis Riley 
all this at 100 to 1. Yeah. And then he's, he's there on name actually, value now, isn't he? It's literally just his name that keeps him like, there. It, the discussion I had with Matt on it was like, he said, oh, I guess people will sit him in the President's Cup and decided he's good enough for that and so he's good enough to win. I was like, yeah, but he wasn't even good enough for the President's Cup team. He just got on it because the other people didn't because they were banned from it. When you, I get that he's a good DP World Tour player and he's great in South Africa and I think he gets an awful lot out of his game. But this is a player that finished 7th in Bay Hill in 2021 and we're basically still focused on that. Like he was 12th at the BMW Championship last year which is a good result but it's a limited field. I think there's 70 players in that so it's 12th is slightly different to a normal 12th. Um, he, and that's it. Like, I, don't, I don't really get what else. He's, he's had okay finishes, like 15th, 18th. He's had a 12th at the bar in Nelson. Like, is that really good enough to keep just plugging him in? I know he had that second mm. at the John Deere, Jason. Maybe you've got a bit more of a say on, on what he did that day, considering you were on Postum. But like, to me, he's a very limited skill set player who doesn't strike me as someone that can get to 20-odd under, and still I see him getting put up every week. No, that, that's, the, that's the best thing you said, is that yeah. I don't think he can get to 20 under on a PGA Tour event. It's, we, we've said it for ages. I yeah. don't think that's his style. But, you know, it's 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 your dream, isn't it, to play on the PGA Tour? And uh, there he is for a few years. I'm, really, like, I'm, re- I'm really happy for him, and I, and yeah, I like him. Guy, I, li- I like his story, and, I, and, I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm really impressed with what he, how he came out on the DP World Tour and impressed, and the fact that he kept... like him. I've so, I, I grouped him and... Aaron Ryan, the same thing. The fact they played solid yeah. enough to keep yeah. their PGA Tour cards was great. Actually, that's overachieving, there, right? There, there are. Well, okay. I think that's overachieving. I don't. I don't think he. Do you? he you, yeah. I don't. I, I, don't I thought he'd lose his card. I think there are there are places, but they're very limited where where both him and, and Aaron Ryan can can take but place. They, but like Aaron Ryan wasn't doing it like like he was meant to do it like Maya Cobra and Hawaii, and he isn't. And then finished Aaron Ryan shows up at Tory Pines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I just I think he's actually extremely limited. Um, maybe I'll be proven wrong one day, but I just I just seem to remember. Like I don't know why I'm picking on him tonight. I just I just I keep seeing his name every week. Like every I was weeding out ninety to one auto click, hundred to one auto click. I'm like, on based on what? Like I don't understand mm-hmm. what it is that. Like I mean, Harris English is hundred to one. He was like a top fifteen twenty golfer in the world before his injury. It just doesn't blows my mind a little bit. There's my annual Bezweden Hout rant, who, uh, you know, that got flagged last year on Twitter. So um, I won't do it again. Anybody else? Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually, I actually thought you would have something on Luke List. I'm not going to mm. go over him because I say the same thing every year. Mm. But his, his dive form is, is, is great. And um, he's got plenty of Bermuda form. We know, we know his problem. But he comes off that 11th. Uh, you know, he played well. He did play well. Top company. Um, I'm not sure why. Again, you know, I do think he's 20, 25 points too big based yeah. on, on, on conditions. Um, no, nah, but other, other than that, nah, I, I, don't think... at, I looked at Putnam. I mean, Putnam was one of the first on my sheet. But yeah. once he'd done that over the weekend, I think I said to you, once he'd done that over the weekend, that was his prize. No way I'm backing Putnam. He's a braver. No, I just, as soon as I, like, I was sitting there and I was going to back Putnam, and then I just sat there and I thought, what am I doing backing Andrew Putnam? Basically, versus the gala. Oh, absolutely. One of, one of them we, yeah. one of them we know, and I don't really back the gala. I know you guys have in the past, but oh, I haven't really brilliant. done it 
when I think we did when we first came out, Jason, when we first did the podcast, it was like 300 or 400 to 1. We backed him on the Pepperdine thing. But like, mm. oh, I haven't backed him when he's been 50 odd to 1. But just looking at the fact he's basically had three legitimate chances to win in one year alone. Um, yes, he's blown them, but it's all a learning curve. He's oh. blown them to Xander, Scheffler, and Adam Svensson. But, mm. you know, you, you, you've, got, you've got to learn. You, you mm. say, I mean, I, I think that's, that's his price for, for a while until he wins and he goes. I think he's going to do... Not exactly the same. I think he's going to do Scotty Scheffler. I think that it might not be this year. It might be next year. But once he learns the game properly, he's, yeah, at the he's, moment, he's, he's just, going to take his, off. His, his talent carries him and he gets himself in contention without him really knowing how he's got there and he doesn't yeah, quite yeah, know how to finish yeah, it off. That's, that, that's, yeah. that's absolutely fine, isn't it? Like I, I want that kind of... Like, I know that Andrew Putnam has to play his very best golf for four days consistently to even have a chance. And that's unlikely to happen. Whereas, and he'll probably finish 18th, 19th, 21st, whatever. Whereas Tagala can legitimately finish first on probably any given week, I think, other than maybe a major. Um, so yeah, I, that's the final part of Tagala. There was loads. I mean, like if, if, if people wanted long shots, uh, Ling Murphy could go back to, even though he let me down last week. I think Stuart Sink showed some good signs of his irons last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Hall, I think, is high upside type of player who would make a bunch of birdies. He's 300 to 1. But I just don't. Th- I think you can still get a 50, 60, 100 to 1 winner in this field. I don't think you get this 200, 300 to 1 this week. I think there's a bit more extra motivation to, to win this one. I think there's some. The, the right players in the right form. Um, we didn't even talk about the fact that Siwoo Kim could probably go back to back. You know, I, I think that there's. Sam Burns didn't get talked about. It's thirty-three to one. Like, there's there's loads up there uh, before you even get to the people we've even started with. So, um, yeah, I think that probably summarises it. I think mm-hmm. that's that, that's probably where we're at. Uh, let's go with our picks. So, I will summarise first. In Abu Dhabi, I've gone with Minwoo Lee at twenty-five or twenty-eight to one. Whatever you can get. Victor Perez is now forty to one. Adri Arnaus is seventy to one. Jazz Jenna Watson on at 150 to 1 for me, Abu Dhabi. Brad, Abu Dhabi? Uh, I've gone for Adrian Barunk. I think the best price might be 40 to 1, five places. Uh, Callum Shinkwin, I think it's 80 to 1, five places. I think this is all with Bet Fred or Bet Victor. And then Cabrera Bello, 125 to 1, six places. Unibet. Yep. Yeah, and then Jason, your picks for the Abu Dhabi. I think we can get the top four beat. So um, Bob McIntyre, Adrian Barunk. Um, uh, Nikolai Hogard, Ewan Ferguson, uh, Joust Luton, Loughton, Luton, Joust, and uh, Marcus Holokolsda. <laughs> there you go. I, th- I think you're right. I think the four can be beaten. I think, but I do think you do need to take those kind of next tier guys. So we've got a quite nice little coverage there with Moronk, mm-hmm. Mimu Lee, and, and Bob. So uh, I like that coverage. Uh, going over to the Amex, I am going to go with Will Zalatoris at 20 to 1 from the top. I was encouraged by his performance in. Tournament of Champions, Tom Hoagie at 40 to 1, Sahith Vigala, which is a, a relatively new one for me, but 50 to 1, eight places, I think is great. And I went with David Lipsky at 100 to 1. I'm just trying to find the best place sounds for him, eight places with Paddy Power or Betfair, whichever one you have. Um, Brad, your picks for the. I'll just to let you know, Tom, um, Will Zeller Forest hmm. is boosted on Bets 365 from 20 to 1 to 25 to 1, five places. Oh. Perfect. So, they they knew I was going to bet on him, which means they boosted it because now I'm going to lose. So, excellent. 
Will's only saw his <laughs> total. Yeah. I've gone for uh, Cameron Young, uh, 22 to 1. I think he's 20 to 1 now, maybe. Best for us. Let me have a look. Uh, you can still get 22 to 1. Uni bet six places. Uh, then I've gone Sahif to Gala. You've already said the best price there. Is it 50 to 1, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. And then David Litsky, 100 to 1. Interestingly, so, yeah. some, of, some of those doubles are quite interesting. You've got a boosted double of Lowry or, and Rahm to win their events, 135. Hatton and Rahm, 103 to 1. Yeah. Um, they, you know, getting a double up is impossible, but um, yeah, they're, they're up there. Jace, your picks for the Amex? Uh, I'm quite confident with JT Poston. Uh, mm-hmm. Backing him up with Alex Smalley. And I, I will do something with Luke this. Don't know what. Yeah. Try him in the bin. I, say, I don't know, but I'll do something. <laughs> Watch his putting highlights for... Three hours I, I think your Tigala Tigar thing is, is really interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned I'm not on because I think he's the one player. If you said gun to the head, who's the player to yeah. follow on the PGA Tour? It would be him. I'm just not sure it's here this week. I, I was surprised you weren't on him because just because listening to what Definitely. we know is needed here and what he's done, I, I was surprised. So uh, maybe just cover him because I thought I'm sure he was like 75 to one on Betfair or something like that. Um, mm worth covering because I mean I just I never really look at him I always think he's a little bit shorter than he should be based on the hype and this week I just thought 50 to 1 those places in what sets up to be a perfect event for him um, I just really liked how like it fit like he's got the desert form with the um, Phoenix he's got the multi-course form with the RSM and he's got huh? the peaked eye form yeah, with Travelers yeah, yeah. it just it just blew my mind um, no argument no argument yeah yeah so, so Heath Vigala there. But, uh, yeah, 75 to 1 on the exchange if, if you want that. Um, great, gents. Love that. Um, I won't take us into pudding discussions this week because we've been on here for quite a while. Um, but we will be back with one of those soon. So listeners, don't don't leave us just because we haven't talked about Vianessa for a week. Um, I think that's it. I think that's our summarise. And then we're back into another two events um, scheduled next week. Is it What week is it? Is it Pebble next week or is it Tory? I think it's Pebble, I think. Pebble and, then, Pebble and then Tory. Yeah, um, and then we've got Dubai Desert Classic as well, which is another Rolex series event. So two big events again next week uh, and plenty to look forward to. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll catch up with you all soon.